Hello, I'm Lauren Williamson, VP of Product for Argus Chemicals. And in this Chemicals Conversation podcast, we're bringing you really interesting fundamentals forecast insight on caustic soda. And it's perfect timing because Argus has just recently launched our caustic soda analytics service and giving a complete supply demand balance picture for the global market. We'll be hearing from our three chlor alkali experts today, George Eisenhower, Stephanie Koenig, and Bernard Law. George, why don't we start with you and let's focus in on the Americas. Maybe tell us a little bit about your thoughts with the Inflation Reduction Act. It's driving investment in battery materials. So what is this going to mean for the North American supply chain? The Inflation Reduction Act, along with other COVID-era investment uh, opportunities in the U.S. and bills that were driving the economy, we've seen a significant increase in investment in the North American uh, assets. The battery materials are one of those investments that's being made in the U.S. market, uh, trying to integrate uh, lithium hydroxide battery materials all the way through uh, auto manufacturing. So as a percentage of the automobile is being requested to be produced in the U.S. in order to meet some of the rebates or the incentives, we are having the investment coming all the way back into the battery materials and subsequently caustic soda. So caustic soda is utilized to make lithium hydroxide, the battery grade lithium hydroxide. So this is increasing domestic demand for caustic in the U.S. as well as uh, other Americas uh, uh, countries. So this is going to support uh, caustic soda demand in the U.S. as well as others in the region. Okay, Stephanie, I'd like to direct the next question to you. So we've had a period of painful energy prices. Um, So where will European opportunities lie among continued optimization processes and net zero targets? So energy prices in Europe are actually still elevated and there is very little to suggest that they will normalize anytime soon. So with these higher power prices, the pressure coming from inflation, Um, Overall, still higher raw material prices. We see higher cash costs along the supply chain, and that's going to be reflected in the caustics of the base price. So the baseline of those prices are actually is quite unlikely to return to what we've seen before to any meaningful length of time. So what this means for customers is that they will under pressure will be under pressure to continue to optimize processes to limit raw material usage and um, try and control spending that way. But we're also going into quite exciting period of the energy transition, um, working towards reaching the net zero target in Europe by 2050. And that's probably going to bring um, some new demand end uses and some quite significant growth in the coming years. So we're basically going to decouple economic growth from resources use. Um, So one sector that could see growth is the recycling space, as we just try to reuse and recycle over and over again what we've already got. And another sector is the battery materials industry, which is obviously aimed at electric vehicles. So both sectors are in their infancy. Um, We are only at the start of the energy transition, but um, we know that there is significant investment going on and significant investment is planned in the next few years. So we could actually see those sectors scale up significantly in the next 10, 20, maybe even 30 years. And I'm pretty sure that 
that will support um, organic growth of our industry industry quite well in the future. All right, let's take a look at the Asia piece of the picture. Bernard, I know there are some really interesting shifts taking place right now for your region. How will Northeast Asia's role change with diminished reinvestment in export capability and against a backdrop of Southeast Asia's growing demand? Okay, now what we are looking at right now is the Northeast Asian market is a maturing market. And uh, in a way, we can really see that as compared to like five to 10 years ago, the overall run rates, especially in China, has risen so much to 85, 86%. This is an indication of a, a, a market is, uh, you know, become more matured. Now, what happened right now, especially in China, uh, there's still about uh, uh, expansion and in investment uh, in, in capacity expansion. Uh, but most of this capacity is towards the inland and not too much of the uh, coastal region where yeah, you, you can you can uh, export directly out into the uh, outside the, the market. Now, what happened right now is that outside China, Taiwan, Japan, and Korea, uh, you don't see a lot of uh, new investment coming in. As the market grow in five to 10 years down the road, and especially in China, the domestic demand is picking up very well. And uh, you can see that the export capability of uh, of the Northeast Asian region is going to shrink over a period of time. Now, what we are looking at right now, we're going to see a shift of the uh, the investment that coming in, especially in Middle East and India, and um, that will become um, the future emerging exporting hubs of uh, for caustic soda. So, uh, Middle East being a uh, uh, very rich in hydrocarbon resources and um, with a very competitive ECU variable cost. So that enabled them to compete very well in the market in future, especially when the new Agnoc um, Reliant Joint Venture plant that coming on stream, that you can really uh, see a significant shift in the trade flow. Now, as far as the Southeast Asian market is concerned, uh, Southeast Asian market will remain to be a very big importing region, a very attractive and importing region that many of the producers are eyeing right now. And however, what we are looking at, uh, South Asia, Southeast Asian market, uh, yes, they, they, they are uh, producers start looking at the expansion capacity right now, Greenfield, as well as expansion looking at it. But uh, whatever it is, it still take like three to four years before this new capacity coming on stream. So um, in summaries, uh, we're going to see the shift, um, the export capacity actually away from Northeast Asia and towards the Middle East and India. I'd like to say thank you to our guests, George Eisenhower, Stephanie Koenig, and Bernard Law. You've all shared great fundamentals forecast insight for caustic soda. Now, a reminder to our listeners, Argus has just launched the Argus Caustic Soda Analytics Service, which includes historic and 10 years of forecast fundamentals data, and it features really rich insight into the entire value chain. If you'd like more information, visit us at www.argusmedia.com chemicals. For Argus Chemicals, I'm Lauren Williamson, and we look forward to having you join us for our next Chemicals Conversation podcast.